Uh, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast, recorded Friday, August the 12th. On this edition, we're going to talk about the special legislative session, a paltry slate of maternal health care initiatives Governor Hutchinson announced earlier this week, the Republican reaction in Arkansas to the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago, and maybe some more. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Afternoon. So the, the legislature met for a couple of days, and it, it did what it said it would do, uh, despite a valiant effort by Arkansas teachers and uh, state Democrats. Republicans refused to consider teacher raises, instead passed tax cuts that will overwhelmingly benefit the rich, and a $50 million pot of money for school safety without a plan. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I will say this, there was some real Republican discipline. They decided this this is what they were going to do, and that's all they were going to do. And they stuck with it, even to the point of rushing through the adjournment in both House and Senate, where the Democrats didn't even have a chance to offer their their attempt to extend the session to talk about teacher pay and abortion. Uh, so they, uh, they got it done quick and went home. Maybe in a way we should be glad for that. Uh, the, the only, I think the only item of no was, is that Democrats did effectively muster 13 House Republicans to extend the session uh, to talk about teacher pay. And so, I, I mean, I guess that was something, but not nearly enough. Uh, the, the tax cuts will, of course, overwhelmingly benefit the rich. There was a, a good tweet by Joshua Benton, uh, who runs Neiman Lab. It's a... Uh, an outfit and out of Harvard that talks about media trends where he chotted the Democrat Gazette framing of it as a uh, $500 million tax cut package for not explaining who who the tax cut benefits and, and breaking down yeah. the effective tax rate. Yeah, he did a, a really great example of what the tax burden has become over two years for somebody making 25,000 and somebody making 25 million. And the person making 25 million has had a $400,000 tax cut. The person making 25,000 has had about a $1 tax cut. So I thought that was a brilliant, uh, a brilliant comparison. So uh, let, let's move on and talk about the governor who had a press conference uh, ahead of the, the session. Um, that was clearly in response to to uh, the, the the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe, and also the annual release of the Annie e. Casey Kids Count survey that that measures uh, the well-being of of children across the country using a variety of indicators. Arkansas is always near the bottom of the list, um, and in, in, in all sorts of categories. So the governor held this this press conference. Uh, that, you know, was seemingly to provide cover for those things. But man, on on a week when we were considering these massive tax cuts, the idea that we're going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars or low millions on things to, to help uh, to help poor pregnant women and and their children was just really offensive. Well, it's incredibly offensive because one thing, Medicaid would allow Arkansas 
to provide a year of postnatal care for women. If we really cared about women and their children, we would give one year of, of coverage of Medicaid to people after they've had a baby. We won't do it. We just won't do it. And I mean, they what was that thing they gave $350,000 to something for? I, it was some meaningless little thing. Oh, I mean, it was, South- yeah, it was, it was for uh, contractors to make in-home visits for about 2,000 at-risk families. Well, you know, that's the salary of the head of DHS. I mean, uh, priorities in this state are just so so out of whack. And and that was nothing but rear covering. I mean, there was little that was done there. And and we got people waiting on waiting lists for disability home services that can't get it. There's so much we could do. And in fact, I mean, we really have a $3 billion surplus. We have a, a pure surplus. Well, they've spent it down from $1.6 to $1.3 billion, I think. But there's another catastrophic uh, reserve that's another $1.5 billion or thereabouts dollars. I mean, we're just sitting on piles of cash, and, and we put everybody else off. And, and another, another thing that was revealed this week was an, another bit of rear covering by the legislature where they took control of the federal pandemic relief money that went to the education department and pretty clearly told school districts they needed to spend that money on teacher bonuses or give a good reason why they hadn't. Well, the first uh, batch of districts came in, about 38 of them, and 24 of them can't give the bonus. And there's good reason they can't give the bonus. Either they've spent the money on allowable expenditures already, or or they're too small and don't have enough money to pay it. Even if they wanted to, they couldn't do it. There's just a terrible inequity in Arkansas school districts among the rich and the poor. And and they struggle to get by. And the legislature just thinks they can snap their fingers and magically make things go away and put some money in teachers' pockets. And it wasn't going to happen, and it's not going to happen. It was another meaningless gesture of many and it kind of on top of their uh, shooting the bird at teachers in the in the regular in the special legislative session it would have to be pretty disheartening to be a teacher in arkansas right now i think yeah absolutely well uh the back to the the health initiatives i mean they're the initiatives themselves are sort of hard to find fault with they're they're all pretty good ideas it's just the scale of them is so puny and yeah what yeah, there, there, there is in fact some, some effort to, to help people with prenatal care, but I mean, but not enough, <laughs> not nearly, not nearly enough. And yeah. the knee, and 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 also Hutchinson had to acknowledge, as if like it was somebody else's fault, that uh, you know this abortion ban we're going to have is going to mean there'll be a lot more pregnancies in Arkansas. And a lot of them are going to be high-risk pregnancies, particularly among minorities who are more prone to some of these blood pressure problems that cause significant. And that's going to end up burdening us with more costs for treatment of those people. There are going to be more deaths of children and more deaths of mothers. And and they they just really offered nothing to do about it. And the amount of the amount of post-birth care that's being provided for anybody, they said, oh. At one point, Asa said, well, we're going to encourage people to, to give up children for adoption, basically. I thought, God, that's ghoulish. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean really. Well, and, and the the foster care system, which is uh, are already has been, you know, beleaguered for years. 
uh, is expected to, you know, to be challenged with so many unwanted pregnancies. The governor is spending a small amount of money, close to two million dollars, to uh, to pay uh, to to make payments to relatives or folks who are taking kids provisionally who weren't previously paid. I mean that small help on the edges. But mention, you know, we need to increase the the payments to foster care parents. But I'm going to leave that to future. Yeah, that's sure. yeah. We're not going to do. That. I mean, we're going to talk about it now and maybe get some credit for thinking about it, but not actually doing it. But, but why didn't we talk about this eight years ago? I mean, he's been in office almost eight years now, and we've had a foster care crisis for the entire span of his his tenure. And you know, they've said nice things, and there have been some little incremental improvements. But the numbers are rising, and and people aren't always getting good care. I mean, it's and I happen to be married to someone who's a, a retired judge, but who just came back from a day of hearing some cases that included placement of children with temporary care when their own parents were not capable of caring for them, and they're not always great situations. These alternative care results, I can tell you that. I mean. You need to throw a lot more at it than we're throwing at it. That's all. All right, well, let's move on. Uh, obviously, the, the biggest story of the week uh, was the FBI raiding President Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, uh, let's let's not let's not let's not bite on Trump's story pitching. They didn't raid anybody. Well, okay, fair enough. But they uh, going into Mar-a-Lago and uh, and seizing classified documents. We know today that uh, these included, uh, you know, some of the the most top secret documents that are uh, intended only to be um, to 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 be uh, read in secure environments. Uh, no, and he, the, the warrant which Trump finally was forced to release because Merrick Garland called his hand on it and said, well, I will ask for it to be released because Trump had it and could have released it all along. It includes that they're investigating viola- violation of the Espionage Act. This is serious stuff. And here, and here's the deal. They tried to work with Trump. He took boxes of stuff from the White House that he wasn't legally entitled to take. They dickered with him, asked to get it back. He didn't get it back. They finally issued a subpoena, which is which was what some of his defenders said should have been the course to follow. They did follow it. He didn't respond to the subpoena. So finally they issued a search warrant and and they apparently had a tipster inside that said, yeah, there's some pretty serious documents here and I'm afraid they're going to be destroyed. And so they moved to get them and it looks like they got them. And I, you know, we don't know where it goes, but till now, and, and this is not only a failure of the people who support Trump, but it's a failure of the media. I mean, we're letting Trump, guide the whole thing. Somehow Merrick Garland's to blame because Donald Trump's pissed off. I mean, he's been very calm and quiet. This this visit to serve the search warrant by the FBI, they were done in plain clothes. They got advance notice. Trump wasn't there. Trump's lawyers were there. I mean, this was, and these kind of things are typically done in secret and kept secret. It's, that's a routine investigative practice, but somehow this is a political disaster that the, the U.S. Attorney General follows the rule of law and 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 that but Donald Trump is mad. But that, narr- it, that, that narrative has is, is, is only really been pushed by Republicans. Yeah, but 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 
that's the shape of a lot of the mainstream news stories. The New York Times, the Washington Post, you all kinds of stuff. Was this the Merrick Garland just cost the Democrats the midterm election? And what a bunch of bullshit. It's yeah. just crazy stuff. Well, that, those are just bad takes. Uh, but that, yeah, that's kind of the reason I want to talk about it is because Republicans everywhere, including Governor Hutchinson, who has been one of the few who've been critical of Donald Trump, had had these very, uh, you know, sharp statements about how awful this was. And oh, they, no, they were all, they've they all, were all gone very quiet. No, they've all all were mass produced and. The Republican talking point factory, they're saying essentially the same thing that it's alarming. And and, and the, my favorite line is where they say, you know, if they can if they can have serve a search warrant on the president of the United States, what do you think about you? Well, that's the goddamn point, you know, <laughs> that the president isn't above the law, that he is just like you and me. And if you break the law, you should expect a search warrant to be served at your house. Right. I, I'm I'm just I'm gone crazy. I've just gone lunatic over it. Yeah. Well, but especially I mean, now that we know that. It, yeah, that it was all true, although now Trump is out spinning, saying, oh, he's lying. First of all, I mean, first of all, he's lying that Obama took classified records. He didn't. Everything Obama had is in the possession of the National Archives. It's classified. And but then second of all, said they could have had it. They just needed to ask. Well, that's a lie. It's a lie. They asked, he didn't give it. They subpoenaed, he didn't give it. They had to issue a search warrant to get it. He's just a lying SOB. That's that's all. Uh, though this this does, I mean, every every crazy story that comes out about Trump, it that seems like it's going to be the the tipping point. That's going to going to be the the thing that turns the tide or sends him to jail. Uh, and this this isn't it. I, there's no moving his people. His 35 to 40 percent are unmovable. And given electoral politics, that might be enough. And then you've got people who in Arkansas who by some standards, you know, you can look at Asa Hutchinson and the, and the, and the Arkansas congressional delegation, and they're pretty uniformly terrible. But but I mean, by old standards, some of them come close to being kind of old line. Republicans and you know conservative, but some respect for the law. I mean, Hutchinson was a U.S. attorney, but to a person, they're thinking somehow that there's been abuse of power here by the government and going after Trump. It's it's really disheartening. All right, well let's let's finally talk about. Uh, or last week we talked about the state board of election commissioners. Um, declining to certify the ballot titles for two constitutional amendments, uh, one on marijuana and one uh, to prohibit casinos in, uh, in, in Pope County. The, the casino uh, amendment is dead. The Secretary of State said it didn't get enough signatures. So does this mean that there will indeed be a casino built in the Russellville area? Well, the, the odds are very good. However, there's still, I think, three separate state court cases that have to be resolved before that's a certainty. All the court decisions until this point have favored the Cherokee Nation's casino proposal, which has the permit. But there's there's still some roads, some legal roads to be traveled. The more interesting case is the marijuana amendment. Uh, the uh, 
Republicans stack Board of Election Commissioners, as we said, uh, wouldn't certify for the ballot for political reasons. And uh, the, the backers of it went immediately to the Supreme Court, and they've got a, at least a temporary order that it be placed on the ballot while they decide the merits the reason why the election commission didn't approve the ballot title. Uh, I think they're, I think the marijuana backers are right, but I, I don't think you can necessarily predict that'll be the outcome with this Supreme Court. I, I, I would predict a split decision on it. I don't think it'll be unanimous one way or the other. I think the law says you should give a lot of benefit of the doubt to, to petition uh, framers, and and I think the marijuana people make a pretty good argument that the arguments that were made against them, a change in the THC limits on in, in edibles, for example, are, are dealt with, and it is not a is not a good argument. But but that's me. I mean, I'm and I I'm, and I although I'm in favor of legal marijuana, I don't particularly like this amendment very much. It's it favors the entrenched interest, but. But uh, I, I think the arguments are on in their favor, but that doesn't necessarily mean no win. All right. Well, let's leave it there and move on to endorsements. What do you have this week? I, you know, I really, I, I really don't have anything. I've just been watching junk TV. <laughs> okay. Well, I will uh, endorse something that I think is slightly better than junk TV. Uh, it's a show on Netflix. It's been around for a little while, but I've missed somehow until now. Um, it's called Lock and Key. It's an adaptation, I think, of a graphic novel series. I'd been looking for a, another show to watch with my uh, almost 12-year-old, uh, you know, who's kind of, he's into all the Marvel superhero shows, but he's aged out of typical kids' fare, but isn't quite ready to watch R-rated movies. Uh, needs a little suspense and some creepiness. Uh, we really enjoyed Stranger Things, but Lock and Key is is really fitting the bill. The bill, it's uh, about a a family who uh, returned to an ancestral home after uh, their father is murdered in kind of mysterious and terrible circumstances, and uh, slowly they find these magical keys that allow them to do all kinds of crazy things. And there seems to be some secret societies at work. Uh, but it's set, I think, in a like fishing village in Massachusetts. The house itself is this massive Victorian, uh, really cool looking. Uh, and the town is 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 cool looking. It, I mean, the production value is great. They must have spent a ton of money. This was, I, I think, the show started back when Netflix was flush with cash and making endless shows that um, it didn't have the money to thoroughly market but yeah if you're looking for something and like puzzles and mysteries and a little bit of magic lock and key oh you you said something that reminds me of one thing you mentioned marvel comics i would recommend that people go to the internet and find a story by ProPublica in cooperation with nbc news about one of these crazy book burners in a texas school district who's trying to strip the library of all books that have any sexual content whatsoever, but what she's really after are books that have LGBT content. I bring this up because her son is gay, 
and he's finally gotten a gut full of his mother. And it's just this terrible wrenching story about this 28 year old man whose mother said, I never want you in my house again because you're gay. She's a, you know, one of these really far out religious extremists. And among the things when she was a kid is she wouldn't let him read Marvel comics because she thought that was all satanic kind of stuff. Just a really sad and, and unsettling story about somebody behind the book ban in the Texas district and how it's just ripped her family apart and, and how mean she's been to her kid and judgmental. Anyway, this sad story, real long, well-reported story. I highly recommend it. All right. Well, that, that sounds awful, but worth a read. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe and we'll be back. See you later.